everybody and welcome to episode 140 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and my co-anchor for this episode of Retroshock News is... I'm Chris Vint. I'm Alan Price. <laughs> All right, okay. I just thought I'm Ron Bergen. Whammy! <laughs> okay, wow. Jeez. <laughs> just way to blow out the microphone. I've just noticed the absolute audio yeah, spike. Yeah, and then uh, like about five minutes ago, you have my voice is right there yet, and you're like, whammy! And it's like, okay, yeah, that's le- fine. letting it rip, everybody. But um, as we let you all know in last week's episode, this little episode of Retroshock News is going to be slightly different from the others. Basically, a load of lovely stuff happened over the Christmas and uh, New Year's holidays, and there's just a few things that we felt we wanted to give our tuppence worth on. Yes, our two cents or two P. Our two pence. Uh, On, so... Shall we just dive straight in? We will dive straight leave in. Leave the interesting but... news you teased with everybody till the end yes, of the episode? Yes, and we'll leave, we'll leave the plugs till the end of the episode Indeed, well. we shall. So, I think probably the biggest thing that kind of happened over the uh, holiday period and into the new year is that we finally, finally got a trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home, Chris. Yeah, and it was one that I... A lot of people obviously seem to, you know, like... Waiting for the Spider-Man trailer to drop and things like that. I'm actually surprised that we got it as soon as we did. I honestly didn't think we would get it until Captain Marvel had been out of the road because that's obviously next month. Um, so I thought it would be waiting until then because then it's only a matter of time before we get an Avengers trailer because we're going to have to get that sooner rather than later. So that'll probably come after Captain Marvel then. Uh, but yes, a very enjoyable trailer. Um, one that I. Sometimes you see a lot of people who react to trailers on oh YouTube, God. and some of them, I, some, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's just like it's just a, it's just a really pointless exercise, is because a lot of them don't say anything. A lot of them will just watch them. One I actually watched and I thoroughly enjoyed watching was Kevin Smith. Because he is a huge Mysterio well, fan. Well, he loses his mind. Like he, God, he like he was just watching and going like, you know, like, I love these kids. These kids are great. And then you see Mysterio, and it's like, ah, and he's just like swearing at the thing, and he's like, oh my god. And then to be fair, part of that is because he's half baked at the time. Like, you well, know. I think he's maybe <laughs> cut back on that due to his dramatic yeah, yeah. weight loss and looking so healthy and everything. Um, but he was just in absolute, you know, like he watched it again, and he was just like even. Like the second time around, um, I did notice something. Well, I did see somebody saying that whenever you see Happy walking in with a check, mm-hmm. the check is signed Pepper Potts. It is. It's not signed with Tony Stark. It right? is. I'm. I'm not falling for your trickery, okay. Chris. Okay. All right. Um, because technically Pepper is still in charge of Stark Industries, and thus any charities that fall under the Stark name. So I'm not going for your. <laughs> I don't believe in Tony Stark. I'm not. Dead. I'm not going for your tricksy nonsense just yet. Um, but yes, um, I, it took me a while to actually notice that, that, uh, it was Pepper Potts on the check, uh, rather than anybody else. Um, speaking of that moment, I suppose from the trailers, one of our, kind of our first seriously kind of chuckling moments is that now Happy seems to be muscling in on Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I mean, who can blame him, to be honest with you? Um... I suppose John Favreau deserves a little bit of fun in this character, and he is kind of. You could almost say that John Favreau is a wee bit of the Godfather of the MCU. You yeah, know, he was the guy who did the first movie, and kind of laid some of the early groundwork mm-hmm. uh, for the stories going forward. Um, so I, I, 
just enjoy having the kind of the happy character back because we went through a reasonable stretch there. Yeah. Where the happy character just wasn't involved. Obviously, it was a big part of the first Spider-Man movie as well. Um, but the big thing for me is the obviously this is the first time we've got like another new villain. We haven't got like another Green Goblin or a Doc Ock or a Venom, obviously, or a Sandman. Although it kind of looked like we had a Sandman. But there's it. potentials there for other villains. Oh, there um, is, but it's just nice to have a villain that we haven't seen in the MCU before, and just to see. Jake Dinahall, who almost became Spider-Man. Yes. You know, because obviously it was to do with, I think, with Tobey Maguire that he wanted more money and then they were going to get him to replace him and then he, they didn't. So it was just interesting to see what they did there. But um, the, tra- the trailer was very good. I, I enjoyed it, um, especially in part to do with it. I respect Spider-Man. Spider-Man's really cool. Yeah. Like, what up? And it says something. Yeah. It's like, ah, in a trailer, you said that word out here. There are plenty of nice wee moments through this. I think the one thing you kind of have to come down to, you know, yes, we get little things of, oh, you know, Peter's getting, you know, a crush on MJ, but it's not really the MJ and yeah. stuff like that, that they say it's not MJ at least, but hey ho, whatever that is. Did you notice the suitcase? Yes, yes, the suitcase, the feels right in the heart. <laughs> um, we get more Ned, uh, we get. Nick Fury involved <laughs> yeah. here. I thought that scene was very funny. Yeah. Just that he's like, you know, I remember when I first fell in love. And <laughs> the the dart and nice to meet you, Spider Man. Yeah. So of course that confirms spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Everybody, obviously, um, that Nick Fury's back also because uh, of course this is after uh, Endgame. Mm-hmm. Oh, the head meltingness here, everybody, um, and everybody's getting on like the world didn't have half its population snapped out of existence but maybe it didn't we'll find out in due course Mm. Uh, so we will um, but yeah you see all these different like sparks and moments it shows you plenty like it shows you London it shows you Venice it shows you I think it's it's like Prague or something like that as well potentially shows you all these different kind of moments Mm -hmm. and action sequences and important points, obviously, within the movie. But I th- it's great that it doesn't really, on the whole, spoil anything that could potentially come with the latest Avengers. Yeah. Because there's, like, slight teases throughout where you're just like, you don't know whether that's something that's been grabbed out of another part of the movie and put into that scene in the movie. Like, there's a part where, like, looks like Happy sitting on a private jet and he says, you know, you're all alone. What are you going to do? You know, and it would automatically go with it, make him, <clears> oh, wait, what, 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 where's the Avengers? Why can they, can they not help him? Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff. Um, But yeah, you mentioned kind of, there's someone that looks like a Sandman. Mm-hmm. But well, could it be? There's a thing to do with on one of the boats. It says ASM 212, which is Amazing Spider-Man 212, which is the first appearance of Hydro-Man. Which we see a certain yeah. potential so, Hydro Man later on in the trailer. This yeah. is now rocketed up in price, like on eBay. People are selling well, it for sure like it has. 80 odd pound. There's one there graded for like 280 pound. It's like, no thanks. No thank you. Um, which would lead you to think there's the potential that it is Sam Unknown, but other people are throwing around the elementals as well, which are, you know, Earth. Wind, fire, that Captain sort of Planet, thing. maybe? You know, yes, you could have the Planeteers and all involved there. So Weird Planeteers. Uh, so, yeah, it, 
and of course, there's some people that don't know the Mysterio character too much. Mm-hmm. Are like, isn't his, I thought he was touted to be the bad guy of this movie. But if you know the Mysterio character, this whole Hydro-Man thing has the potential to be smoke and mirrors, because that's a big part of the character, that yeah. he's fighting something he created to make himself look the good guy. Yeah, because Mysterio... Like I said, with Kevin Smith, he did like a daredevil run and Mysterio was the bad guy. And one of the um, covers of the comic is Daredevil trapped in the Mysterio helmet and you just see him like screaming. Um, So obviously there's something there that, you know, like you don't know if he's going to be one of these ones like a Loki who's going to like be one who's good, who's bad and then ends up being good or something like that or, you know, whatever. Yeah, so, (laughs) but like I say, I'm just really happy that we've got a different villain that we haven't seen before. Absolutely. Um, I'm really, really happy with that. And I really, I really enjoyed the vibe of the trailer. Um, I know that's a character from DC. Mm -hmm. Uh Haha. Teehee. Um, But, you know, with the music in the background, it very much, again, felt with, there was one thing that was said about the first Tom Holland Spider Man was it had that kind of John Hughes yeah vibe to it yeah this continues that it, yeah. you know it sounds this like, is you know, this is almost like you know Spider Man on holiday pretty much you yeah. know you know a great European Kevin. vacation that sort of thing yeah. um, with his friends and all so you had that and you had all those action packed moments as well but I think it, like you mentioned that was a fantastic way to end the trailer with the mm-hmm. whole of Flash. You know, going, oh, Spider-Man's great. You know, he has a great suit, looks out for the neighborhood. You know, I really respect him. And he's like, all right, you know. Yeah. Something not very nice to Peter, which is different in the international trailer. It's so much more toned down in the international. It's just, all right, loser. Oh, right, okay. It's just like, oh, right, cool. So <laughs> you can say that in the American trailer, but loser in the international. Yeah. Um, But you know me. I love my music. Mm-hmm. Surely you have to even admit that when that Spider-Man theme hit oh, is that whenever... the title card. Yeah. When it does like the wee around the globe and then up comes Spider-Man mm-hmm. Far From Home and it's that classical even whenever version he, of the Spider-Man even whenever thing. Parker gets like the water sprayed on him and he kind of hits the back of the, you hear the, the bridge and then you kind of hear that. That just gives me goosebumps. Yeah. So it's just that little, you know, tapping into that music. It's just like, you know, that whenever it's, you know, it's like whenever you hear just the Avengers music you're just like oh yeah, stuff coming down very very exciting and it's good that they managed to keep as much as they possibly could under wraps from Avengers Endgame moving on then to something completely and entirely different <laughs> to uh, Spider-Man Far From Home well and- hold on Spider-Man was from America and then with that he's what Alan if whenever he's going home he's Going home to America? Oh. Oh, coming to America. That's right. Well done. Ah, thank you. Yeah, this this is one that kind of came out of left field for me. I don't know about you. I didn't even know this was in development. No. And that is the fact that Coming to America 2 has finally found its director, and that is Craig Brewer. Uh, he is to direct the Eddie Murphy sequel to the fairly... You know, it's one of the Eddie's classics, really. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's easily one of my favourite Eddie Murphy movies. So it is just because of this, uh, the sheer comedy in it. Like, will we get Arsenio Hall back in this? Will we get James Earl Jones back in this? Will Samuel Jackson be robbing um, 
like uh, fake McDonald's again. You know, um, that's the that's the question. Will we get these characters come back? It's it's got to be. It's this seems to be coming more and more a thing that's happening. And another news thing that we're going to cover uh, in not too long a moment uh, plays into this fact, but. They're definitely going back into the the 80s well. Yeah, because I heard reports that they were meant to be doing like another trading places or something like that. Yeah, there's like tons of stuff just being pulled back. And you look at these ones and you're like, God, these, you know, these are those sort of 80s classics, you know, from when guys were coming up in the biz now. And now these movies are going to be coming out in 2020, 2021. You're only 40 odd years removed. Mm Mm-hmm. From when these movies first I mean, came out. Is it only a matter of time before we get a Cool Runnings 2? Uh, I'd, I'd be up for that. Planes, Trains and Automobiles 2? It wouldn't be the same though because you didn't have candy. I know. But whether it's a case of it's like Steve Martin and John Candy's son or something like that. But yeah, you have to think like, I wonder what the premise behind the story will be. You know, obviously the whole thing was about, you know, you, know, you have to get married and that sort of stuff and he goes to America and he yeah. finds you know, this lovely lady I he think, likes in a McDonald's ripoff as you said. Yeah, I think this is going to be something where he is kind of... Is estranged. it his son or... I think this is going to be something where he's estranged from his family and he has to make it in America with very little money. And then it's very much, well, I suppose to be like Brewster's Millions but the opposite is like you were going to have to see if you can survive for like a month without your money and then if you can you can get all you mm. can be part of the be part of the um, the kingdom again, you know, like in all that. Yeah. What is it with James Earl Jones and, you know, like the kingdom, everything the light touches it, <laughs> but you are not a Um But yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to see, you know, but then you just think of so many movies that it's like, why are you doing, like, I don't know, like we say, I don't know if that's going to be something that it's going to be Eddie Murphy is going to be a key role in it or whether it's going to be Eddie Murphy and then, the person who played his love interest, whether it's maybe their kid, and then yeah. they go instead of coming to America, they're going back to Africa, and then they're going to be part of the you know like so the kid can see instead because he obviously was part of there you know like and he was you know like royal and you know like royal penis clean and all yes. that stuff, and then whether they are, obviously they've never ha- he's never seen what it was like in Queens. Yeah. So then they are taking him back to see how he lived. And then it's like the polar opposite of that. So I don't know. I'm interested to see what that what it's like because I love coming to America. And it's just one of those things that you don't want to wreck the legacy that you had. Very much like what we're going to talk about next is a third film that kind of not wrecked but tarnished the legacy of the first two films. Yeah. But this seems to be something that from even just the teaser of it, has my interest. Yes, very much so. And, you know, Chris kind of said it there. Nice segue. And that is the fact that we do seem to be getting a proper Ghostbusters 3 from the son of... Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman and Jason Reitman. Yeah. Um, Just write it, man. And, you know, this was something that happened extremely quickly in Mm. the last week or so, um, well, two weeks ago from now, that, like, this news article kind of floated out onto the internet and into the ether, and was like, oh, you know, there's serious rumours that there's a secret Ghostbusters movie getting developed here, everybody, you know, 
and everybody's like, ha yeah, I'm sure, you know, sure they did the, the one there a couple of years ago and it didn't do so well and it wasn't received well by folks. Oh, they're not going to go back to that well so quickly, you know, especially not with the original guys and all. And then literally a day later, boom, up pops on Entertainment Weekly, a full proper teaser mm-hmm. for it, like a proper teaser teaser. Yeah. Um, for it doesn't show very much, but what it shows, you're just like, oh right, okay, mm-hmm. this this is more underway than you can you can really think it is. Um, what did you think of the teaser? Oh, I loved it. Even like Dan Aykroyd wrote on it, if you need a tune up, you know who to call. Hashtag GB20. And then wrote, Jason was our first uh, Ghostbusters cadet and now logically inherits the creative lead. Plus he's a film, a superb filmmaker, pure joy. But it was just the hearing of the proton pack noises. The only thing I wanted to hear was the sirens of Ecto. That is one of my <laughs> favourite movie noises is just that noise of that. But seeing the kind of the sheet, it was very much like um, in Back to the Future whenever Marty crashes into the barn. And then the car's there and you have that moment wherever, you know, like he just like drives through. But seeing that and then kind of, because it is set, everything that happens, happened in the 80s ones is part of this universe. Canon. So, you know, like I think it's only fair that we see the likes of Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson as their respective characters. Yeah. Whether we're going to get Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis, Annie Potts back again. Could it be Sigourney's son involved? In all of this, well, you know, because that's, that's the rumor is that it's going to be, you know, what was thought would be the premise for a Ghostbusters three. So you're talking about Oscar, in, yeah, you know, uh-huh. that it would be a young team, yeah, involved in some shape or form, be that late teens, oh, early twenties, that sort of thing. You know, it'd be so good if they got the guy. I don't know if he's alive or not. The guy who played Walter Peck, <laughs> and he goes to inspect a containment unit, and you see like Venkman going like. Not you again, you know, like... But you... I, th- I think the whole good premise of it would be, and it's probably a story that's so easily touted, would be that, right, they did their job, they cleared up. Yeah. You know, all the ghosts, they're in that containment field, and, you know, they go their separate ways eventually, mm-hmm. and that's obviously why, you know, Ecto's no longer used, and it's in some barn somewhere. Yeah. And there's maybe, eventually, a fault occurs with the containment yeah, and then and go start to appear yeah. again, mm-hmm. and this youngster, you know, be it a teenager, be it Oscar or somebody else, yeah, you know, eventually discovers, you know, the remains of Ecto and some of the proton packs or yeah. whatever, because that's what you kind of get this feeling off in this teaser is that this is someone that's like discovered scraps or whatever yeah, of or whether, proton or stuff. Whether the proton packs are in the back of the yeah. Ecto-1 because that's where they used to be kept is in that. Because it seems like the proton packs, it's like them trying to jump start a car, yeah. trying to get the proton pack going because you're getting these sparks yeah. of the proton pack going. So if that could be the whole part of it is that, right, things are starting to go sideways again, ghosts are starting to appear and then whoop, that's mm-hmm. you back into your story. Yeah. I think that would work quite well. Um, but no, definitely just based on this teaser alone. Mm-hmm. extremely excited oh yeah yeah I mean it was one of those teasers that I watched and I was like I kind of want to watch Ghostbusters now yeah you know I was kind of like I might actually watch it tonight I was just like I really want to watch Ghostbusters you know like <laughs> I, I love the second film I've yet to see the one to do with the woman and well have you not watched it no it's kind of something that I've always said to people you know have you watched the first Indiana Jones films yeah have you watched the fourth one no well then don't I have watched it and 
it's a simple case of, you know, I'll call a spade a spade mm-hmm. sort of thing. I went into it as open-minded as I could possibly be. Because I didn't dislike the idea of the movie because there was women. In it. Yeah. I just was like, from what I've seen in your trailers, yeah. I'm like, this doesn't really feel Ghostbusters mm-hmm. to me. But I went in, tried to be as open-minded as possible, and I just didn't enjoy it. You know, there was very little of that movie. There was maybe a couple of moments where I was, like, laughing or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't from who you would have thought mm-hmm. that the movie was focused yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and there was just multiple little moments throughout the movie where you had the original guys show their face. Mm-hmm. But they're not them. Yeah. They're a cab driver or they're a funeral director or yeah. whatever. And you're just like, pulls you out. Yeah. But um, it's that's what's made me so surprised they've went for this so quickly. Mm. They obviously went, right, okay, that hasn't worked. We tried to do an experiment. It has failed <laughs> yeah. pretty miserably. Stick that film in the containment unit and leave it there. And obviously... Jason Reitman's came in, I'm assuming, obviously, well, fairly backed up by Aykroyd. Well, that was the said. thing, because Aykroyd... They went, right, okay, guys, go for it. Because Aykroyd said that he had scripts ready to rock for that. The only downside is that it's come too late that we're not going to get the, the four of them. This is like us with Star Wars, that we we're never going to have Han, Luke, and Leia together. Yeah. You know, like, and that's the thing with this, is that we're not going to have those four. Whether they do something kooky, like they have Egon pop up, but he's a ghost... But you that's just true. you just see him. That's another option that it could be Egon's son. Yeah, like you know, after all was and then he, he took Ecto's, yeah. left it in the you know a barn yeah. or whatever, and he's like, you know, screw this, and I want to do wa- this myself. But he wants to get the other four, the other three back mm-hmm. to say, right, what what did my dad do? And then obviously, like it's, like it's corny, but yeah. I'd take it. <laughs> but then, but that's the thing is that sometimes you love is that you love the reuniting. Of old characters like that, you know, you love to see them come together and be like, ah, oh, you know, like so. <laughs> Get the feels. Exactly. Uh, moving on then, and this is another thing I did not think that uh, we'd be saying. Um, this is something we discussed uh, towards the tail end of 2018, and that is Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And I remember us, clear as day, sitting here talking on an episode of Retroshock News in 2018 and going... About the whole release, you know, time frame for Aquaman and whether that was going to impact it. Because, of course, it was leading in to a very busy time of the year. Mary Poppins was coming out. All these other movies were coming out. And we were like, don't see it. Maybe there's the potential for it not to do so well Mm -hmm. here. How wrong we were, Chris. Yes. How wrong we were. Aquaman is pretty much, I think, the most successful DC movie now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has entered the $1 billion club. Um, I did not think we'd be sitting here saying that and that Mary Poppins overall is a failure. Okay. So it is, you know, it's made money, but mm-hmm. it's not made anywhere the money Disney would have expected, yeah. considering it was taking that coveted Star Wars Christmas release spot mm-hmm. yeah. that has been there the last number of years. So, as of the 13th of January, Aquaman's worldwide earnings stand at a whopping $1.02 billion, uh, against everyone's expectations. You and me too, buddy. 
this is from Den of Geek, by the way, everybody. Um, previous entries in Warner Bros. Uh, have been Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, $873 million. Okay. Um, and Wonder Woman at $821.8 million. So Wonder Woman took less money than Batman vs. Superman? Yes. Yes, that's terrifying. But that's... But if you have to think about it, those are both more than Justice League. Justice League was $659 million Well, I think that's worldwide. because maybe Batman vs. Superman people watched and then got bored with and then didn't go to see Wonder Woman and then effectively it just went on a downward spiral. Pretty much. But it's a good sign for DC. I think it fairly much, pretty much confirms we're going to get an Aquaman sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well... Um, it's funny because um, Jason Momoa is going back to London Film Comic Con, which he went to last year. Uh-huh. And obviously because of the success of the movie, price forms went up yeah, by like 20 quid for each of them. I think his Diamond Pass was £195 whenever I bought it or something like that. And I right. think it's maybe around the £240 mark now. Wow. Which is a bit excessive. Have you been to see Aquaman? Nope. No, you haven't? You held no. off? I still haven't watched Venom. You haven't watched Venom either? No. Um, Venom's alright. Yeah. Venom's alright. Um, I can see with Venom why folks said it's very early 2000s. Yeah. In its style. But I thought it was alright. Uh, it'll. It's another one that's going to get a sequel because it did surprisingly well at the box mm-hmm. office. Aquaman, I enjoyed so it did. Um, it had its ups, it had its downs moments yeah. within the movie. Um, I still think overall I enjoyed Wonder Woman more. Yeah. I think Wonder um, Woman for me is going to be hard to beat because of the, not just the acting, but the story of it as well. You know, but because Aquaman's always been that joke character, yeah. really. Um, I know it's one of Mike's favourite characters, so... Uh, I, I know assume, he. I know he enjoyed it. Yeah, so it's be, it'll be something that I'll watch eventually. But at the minute, I'm just kind of in a Ghostbusters. Mind. Most most of the folks that I've noticed that you know we're friends with on Facebook and all that have been see it have enjoyed it. Yeah. So that if that tells you anything, yeah, you know, it's that's, not that's a Batman versus Superman. Anyway. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, visually stunning in points. I think um, the Mira character is very, very good. Uh, she has some incredible moments throughout the movie. I think their chemistry is quite good. Okay. Um, between her and Momoa. Um, there is an interesting character. Well, I'm not going to say character. Boss slash thing slash creature. Towards that- the end, that's voiced by a certain someone. Okay. Um, and I was like, is that actually that person? Is that um, that Black Manta thing? No, 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 no. no. Okay. You'll you'll find out when you eventually okay. watch. But I saw the name in the credits after watching. I was like, "Oh wow!" It, 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 that's that was a surprise. But um, yeah, enjoyable. I'm not going to spoil it on you. Okay, so thanks. there's no point in me talking about it too much. But moving into the world of video games, Chris, mm-hmm. and we both know video games haven't been overly successful in. Becoming movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody hoped that uh, Warcraft and Assassin's Creed would be the ones to move us out of the darkness, mm-hmm. the dark times of video game movies. But it does seem like they just continue to still have development hell. Yeah. And one of those being the Uncharted movie, one that has an extreme amount of potential to be what the next generation Indiana Jones or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um 
again, rumoured to have Tom Holland in it. Still, I don't think that's still been nailed down or not. But it once again has a new director. Okay. And watch me butcher this. Is Dan Trachtenberg. Okay. Yeah, that's actually did all yeah, right there. Sounds all right. That's all right. Not too bad. Uh, he's the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane. So he is. Okay. So that's the John Goodman one. Okay. Um, which I actually really enjoyed. I was that was the a, newer one of the two? Not the one that's on Netflix. Okay, right. Okay. Not the one that's on Netflix that everybody was like, oof, that ended up on Netflix for a reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, out of the two that were cinematically released, yeah. it was the more recent okay. one. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So that gives me positive vibes in terms of you know them being on board. But it is again, it's a video game movie that just seems to just be changing and changing people, you mm-hmm. know, be it rewrites, be it a new director. Do you think we'll see this anytime soon? Oh, no, I don't think so. Uh, it's very much like we we're talking about DC, very much like The Flash, and like how many directors has that gone through? You kind of just wonder, you know, like, it comes to a point where you're going to have a director, then you're going to have to try and get cast members, and then once you do that, the director will quit halfway through. I mean... Again, look at Solo, you know, which was salvaged by Ron Howard um, and admirably done, you know, like, so sometimes it's for the good, sometimes it'll be for the bad. But um, no, I think it's one of those ones that has been on the shelf too long that I think by the time they actually make it, people will not really care. I know, that's the, that's the I think problem. If, I think if, the, if instead of it being that, I think if it was The Last of Us, I think people would care because we're still waiting for the second game to come out yeah but because Uncharted is kind of done now um, that's the problem by the time these things get into a proper development their time has almost come and gone yeah Um, in the video game sphere you know Halo is a perfectly ex- big example of that Gears of War is a big example of that you know yes we're yeah. still yes at this point we're still getting Gears games and all out there um, and the odd Halo game every wee while but their prime years were those sort of mid to late 2000s. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of, what, 2003, 2004, up to 2010 sort of time. Yeah. That would be kind of considered the key time for those. So you would have needed to really strike then for those. Uncharted, not so much. Uncharted's only really just kind of come to a conclusion yeah. in the last couple of years here. But it is a case of, like, the director that was on board before this fella was Sean Levy, okay. who a lot of people know from uh, Real Steel with Hugh Jackman, okay. but more so Stranger Things. All right, okay. So that, for me, when I heard that name originally attached, yeah. I was like, that's really promising. Yeah. Because you've got the guy that is behind one of the most popular recent phenomenas on you know on-demand TV yeah. in Stranger Things. You know, he's done tons of other stuff, but that's like a standout mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's the same as when... What's his name? Stephen DeKnight took over and did Pacific Room Two mm-hmm. beforehand. I was like, "Oh, that's promising because he's the guy who was heavily involved with Daredevil's first season." Okay, on Netflix, Pacific Room Two, another story altogether. It didn't <laughs> go too well, but you know, it had that promise. So he's had to move on because again, these guys are only, as you say, going to hang around so long. Yeah, you know, you may get your next rewrite in, but then these directors can't hang around because they have movies. They personally want to make yeah. their own personal projects. Like, so what is it? Um, what is it like Memphis Bell or something? No, not Memphis Bell. There's 
a movie that Spielberg's wanting to make at the okay. moment that he's been delaying and delaying. Mm-hmm. You know, to do like Ready Player One and other movies that he's done in the not too distant past. But he's finally went, no, I'm doing this now. Mm-hmm. So I think, and... Well, know, then you look at the likes of, say, um, Star Trek, that they lost a director because he wanted to do the Game of Thrones prequel. Because, again, whenever you become a director, it's not a case of this is just going to take, like, you know, like a couple of months. It's going to take a couple of years because you're going to have to get everything ready. You're going to have to be part of the hiring of the cast and you have to, you know, be part of the script and the part of the editing and part of this and the part of the press and all that kind of jazz. So you've got a lot of stuff there that you need to cover. So it's become more common practice now than it did way back when, you know, like whenever you're looking at the 80s movies, you know, like they were kind of just like, right, green lit, right, go. You know, whereas now they're green lit, okay, we need this, we need that, we need that. It's almost like they're building something with Lego, but they're just getting a bit each few months and they're going, yeah. oh, that bit goes there, right. Oh, no, we need to take a bit off. That bit doesn't exist anymore. We need another one of those ones, you know, like, and that's the thing is frustrating is especially if it's a film that you want, which we'll talk on in a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that you've been itching to get, you know, for like 30 odd years and you're still waiting for it and you're like, You've kind of resigned yourself to the fact, like, it's just not going to happen. Well, speaking of said movie that you've been wanting for about 30-odd years, Chris, um, is Masters of the Universe, Mm -hmm. a certain Mr. He-Man, and that is that the Masters of the Universe movie has got two new writers, and that is Art Markham and Matt Holloway. They are both um, more specifically known for being the writers of the soon-to-be-released Men in Black International. Uh, They did the original Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Less fondly remembered would be Transformers The Last Night. But is their involvement in the original Iron Man enough to give you maybe a bit of hope that this could finally be the bit to get this movie a bit more traction well, behind apparently, it? Or? Apparently, as of right now as well, brothers Adam and Aaron Nee are set to direct the film. So they are set to write it. And then these are going to... So we actually, from what this says in Geek Tyrant, this is something that Mike Lacey sent me, and said that they did like a little indie film back in 2015 called Band of Robbers. So that doesn't bode well that this is a film like from like four years ago. You know, and fair enough, we've got the writers of this here. Um, but it's just a case of it just says um, here our sources indicated that in the upcoming film King Randall will be presented as the great warrior king of Eternia a descendant of the Grey Skull so that's like He-Man's ancestors and all that and the father of two sons Adam and Keldor okay okay because Keldor was Randor's brother not Adam's brother okay um <laughs> as the film begins keldor is a child chosen heir to the throne and his brother adam is young unfit and a bit of a black sheep where adam's relationship with his father is strained keldor is the epitome of perfect son beloved by his father until the fate of attorney is put on the line with his kingdom on the line randall puts his people first betraying keldor and selling the series of events that leads him to become Skeletor. The film will follow the meek and uncertain Adam as he assembles a group of heroes to take on his fallen brother and his collections of cronies. As you might expect, some familiar faces will be joining Adam in the fight. Now, this was obviously um, meant to be coming out in December this year. Yeah. Which will not happen. No um, way. No way. Will I, I have always said that I will never believe that this film is going 
to happen unless I've seen somebody cast as He-Man and I see either a teaser trailer or a trailer for mm-hmm. it. That's whenever I will start getting excited for it. And until then, I will always be under the premise that this film is not happening. And it's, it it saddens me because it's like, you know, people would love to see a live action Thundercats movie. People would love to see, you know, like we've already had G.I. Joe movies. So, you know, you would like to see maybe, you know, we've already had Turtles, you know, like a Dungeons and Dragons based on a cartoon. We've had a Tintin movie, you know, like and things like that. So, you know, like if this was successful because of obviously Shira being on Netflix, so still the interest would be there. But again, this is something He-Man's been around since like 1982. So whether it's something that will have interest, especially in, say, December 2020, that a new Star Wars movie comes out or whatever and it's pinned against that, I don't don't know. Well, that's the thing as well. You have to look at this. This was originally scheduled for December this year, which means it would be going straight into the juggernaut of episode nine. Yeah. So uh, that's either brave or stupid. Um, I think maybe the latter. Yeah, uh, would be the more likely outcome in that. Um, but genuinely, like as someone sitting here that isn't a diehard He Man fan like yourself, mm-hmm. even I see how that movie could have potential nowadays to be a blockbuster and you know potentially lead to other movies. Again, it needs to do everything. It needs to do everything that the 1987 movie didn't. You need to have a transformation sequence from Adam to He-Man. You need to have the classic characters like Orko. You need to have a battle cat that doesn't talk. You need to predominantly be an Eternia. Yeah, you, yeah you, don't, you definitely do not need to come to Earth. This is not like the Smurfs or whatever. You know, where they come to Earth, you don't need anything like that. But you need to have the things... Again, like I've always said, you've got history there you've got lore there for you to explore you need to do that you've got series bibles there you've got people in the he-man universe who can help you the likes of james etock or val staples or you know um people like that that they can reach out to and go like okay well we're thinking of doing this what do you think of this or whatever you've got two different cartoons three different cartoons to watch although we kind of just forget about he-man being in space um, but you've got things there for you to go through and go like, okay, well, we need a, you know, we don't need a Moss Man. We may use them. You've got characters to hold off for the second one. By all means, put new characters in. You've got like a massive universe from figures that have been made and stuff. You don't need to have, ever, but you need to have the core characters there. That's almost like, that's almost like having a Star Wars movie with R, with like R2-D2. That's how important Orko is to He-Man, in my opinion anyway. So, but you need to have that kind of foil there and with all the cd stuff that they can do nowadays well that's it no absolutely um before we depart he-man have you seen much of she-ra or i haven't watched any of it i know i actually started watching it um whenever i was on the plane over to london and just the whole it's just too I'll give it another go, but it's far too cutesy for me it's not what i'm used to and it's not for me you know, oh, like no, it's, absolutely. It's, yeah, set, yeah. it's set for a young generation of children or young adults to watch. So it's just something that I would just go like, I'd rather watch the original one instead because okay. that's what I'm used to, you know. But it's something that I'll probably watch at some other stage. But um, yeah, 
Um, before we go as well, that we have an announcement to make to do with Operation Retroshock Family, which is to do with a topic that we haven't actually talked about today, which is to do with Star Wars. So uh, the shock! I I've know. just realised this. Fact. I know a news thing. I know a Star Wars talk is like, whoa! Although you did mention Episode Nine a few minutes ago. Well, so. it's not. It wasn't a news. It wasn't yeah. an actual piece um, of news. That my good friend Sam Michael Davies and myself will be launching a Star Wars podcast, which will be part of the Operation Retroshock family. So it'll be on the feed here. So you know, like it'll become to all your listening ears. And we've decided that we're going to call it for the love of Leia. Because obviously he's a huge Leia fan. This has been Simon's idea from the get-go. It's just he wanted a co-host for it. And I happened to go like, oh, well, if you... Because even he put it on Twitter and then whenever he said about, you know, like hosting it, even Alan said, like, I think we may know a place, you know. So, Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, so yeah, it'll probably be a couple of weeks before we get that done. The one with Mike Lacey and myself is still ongoing. It's just we need to find the time and read a book in order to talk it's, about it. It's simmering in the background. The various ingredients are cooking nicely under an open fire. Yeah. Just Getting to that right moment of time to be unleashed yeah. upon the universe. Did I go a bit dramatic there? A little bit, yeah, because I was going to say, and then you'll have episode two of the Vintage Collection coming soon, because I'm still waiting for some NES games to arrive. And then I'll talk about them and what I've enjoyed playing and that kind of thing. So it's just something different that um, I kind of recorded and then said, Alan, oh, by the way, have a listen to that if you if you can. And like what you listen to. And again, just something different to give to you because sometimes life gets in the road and we can't record every single week or every single two weeks so it's to give you something different to listen to so even if there's a break in the retroshock feed these will still count as retroshock numbers but it'll be like in brackets you know for the love of Leia episode one so it can be operation retroshock 141 then in brackets vintage collection episode two so it's kind of just to tick the numbers along nicely but it just means that you can see what it is and then it just means that everything that we pump onto this channel will be pumped into your ears not in a horrible way that sounded disgusting i know Um, pump it in your ears but yes it's just it's nice to branch out and have a few different things yeah that was part of the reason why we started way back when starting to do WrestleShock because a lot of our shows started to get wrestling as a heavy discussion point. So we just thought, oh, well, we'll do WrestleShock back then. And then it's part of the reason why when we came back, we're like, well, we'll have the RetroShock news in there because there's always usually between the times we sit down and record together, there's always usually some interesting, geeky, whatever it is, piece of news has happened in that period and the way you're looking at me you have something to discuss well speaking of which on my time hop from eight years oh, ago oh dear you had to bring it in didn't you? guys and gals the next three episodes of RetroShock have been recorded it's a marathon of Doctor Who stuff now I'm off to regenerate hope you all enjoy oh that long marathon of recordings yes that was that was crazy yeah Um. but yes you know it's nice to have these various different things going to be coming your way folks so you are still going to have all your regular RetroShock goodness, be that RetroShock news or us talking about old movies, TV shows, whatever it may be, video games, um, be that with uh, Chris's Vintage Collection or um, a 100% RetroShock episode talking about certain things because I think there's a few video game things we have on file to I talk about there. I do have a sort of possible interview lined up for the Vintage Collection which mm. may I may put on RetroShock instead. 
um, which I'll talk to you about after. Oh, surprises, surprises, I know, Chris. I know. Um, but yes, there is a lot coming for 2019, more than I think we'd even originally thought probably would be coming, but that is a nice and pleasant thing uh, to have coming your way, folks. So... With that, we will get the plugs out of the way before we let you depart back into the real world. Um, this isn't a made-up world. This is a real world. We're talking yeah, about. Like, you know what I mean. Like you're part of the Matrix or something. I know. Speaking of which, it's its twentieth anniversary this year. So well, hey. Oh wow! Um, we'll have to cover that. That's that's it's definitely going to be. Well, we're going to be researching what anniversaries there are this year as well to see what can uh, go into our lovely big pile of things to talk about this year. But yes. Feel free to get in touch with us if you have a certain topic, be it a movie, be it a video game, be it a comic, TV show, whatever it is, if you'd like to hear discussed here on the show, you can contact us on Twitter, just search at RetroShockPod on there. You can regular tweet us or you can DM us if you have something a bit longer to say. You can contact us personally on Twitter. I'm at Alan GW Price. He's at Vinto316. Or you can contact us on Facebook as well. Just search Operation Retroshock on there. If you have been enjoying these shows, you can also leave us a little review or comment on the various different places this show is available. Be that iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, all those wonderful places. That's another thing we are looking to doing here in 2019 is getting the show available on more places. Some are harder to do than others when you're in the UK. For example, the Google Play Store, you need to be in America and have American IPs and American addresses and all. Jeez. But it is something we are looking to do. Spotify also is another one hopeful for the future. But again, when you're on Podbean, that is a wee bit problematic. But uh, it is something we're going to look into is continuing to branch out the places that the show is available for you all to listen on. But yes, that has been episode 140 of Operation Retroshock, your Retroshock news catch-up for the tail end of 2018 and early 2019. And a load of you are probably sitting there right now saying, but Alan, you didn't talk about this thing that's just come out. I know, I can't believe the episode 9 trailer dropped and we didn't talk about Star Wars. I know, wouldn't it be hilarious? <laughs> See, to be honest, if that has happened by this show, Julier, there probably will be an emergency recording to tack on to this. <laughs> I have no doubts. But, fingers crossed, well, I shouldn't say fingers crossed, nothing major happens, but uh, if something mega does happen, you'll probably hear about it sooner rather than later from us. But yes, thanks for listening, everybody, and we shall see you all next time. <laughs>